0: hello friends welcome to what time was i born an astrology podcast where i interview people through the lens of their birth chart my name is nadine and i'm an astrologer based in new york city you can find me on instagram at nadine jane underscore astrology or on my website www.nadinejaneastrology.com and yes you can book a birth chart reading with me there Hello, friends! On today's episode of What Time Was I Born, I'm going to be speaking to the woman behind Breadface Blog. In case you've never heard of it before, it is the viral Instagram account where I kid you not, she sticks her face in all types of bread. Some people call it hilarious, some people call it stupid, I call it genius. I don't think she really cares one way or another. And so yeah, the theme of her episode is going to be the disruptor. What does a chart look like when the person is rebellious, eccentric, um, and trying to break the mold of what society tells us to do? She's a close friend of mine, as I'm sure you guys are going to hear, is probably my least professional of the season, but it's certainly the most fun in my opinion, If you are interested in the nitty-gritty astrology of her chart, she is a Sun in Aquarius in the seventh house, her Moon is in Libra in the third, she is a Leo rising, her Venus is in Pisces in the eighth house, and her Mars is in Sagittarius in the fifth. And so we're going to talk at length about how all these different planets interact with one another, and maybe just discover that the woman behind Breadface blog may not be the same as she appears. Hello, Breadface. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Of course. <laughs> so this interview is kind of weird because we've known each other for a while. We are not strangers. Mm-hmm. But for those who don't know you, what do you do? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I manage the Instagram account called Breadface Blog, And basically all it is is I, I literally put my face in bread, different kinds of bread over and over again. And uh, I think about five years ago it accidentally went viral and... Yeah, I've just been continuing doing that.
0: Can I tell you what you said to me when I first met you about Breadface?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Actually I met I met you before you met Bread. me when you had first,
0: you had made one right. video. That's right. And, and I kid, this is iconic. I, I was them. begging my friends to follow me. Yes. However, you are also a fortune teller because you said to me, you had two, I swear to God, you had like 12 followers at the time who were all your friends. Yeah. And then including me. And then you said to me, you're like, this is textbook internet. You're like, I just could imagine this being something. And then, Shut the fuck yes. up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, part of my persona is that I'm supposed to be like, I don't know why people like it. (laughs) Don't you think that's kind of interesting that you had insight into the fact that that's how human nature works? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, I feel weird patting myself on the back, but yeah, I definitely thought in some ways it would work, quote unquote. And I remember sitting there across from you being like, no, it won't. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then literally, I think six months later, we, we all sat at the office and then all of a sudden it you got to like 100K or something like overnight. Yeah. And I just remember being like, this girl's a genius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or everyone's a moron, yeah. This girl's a genius or everyone sucks. (laughs) So before we get into your chart, by the way, Breadface and I actually have done a reading before, but a really long time ago before I knew much about astrology at all. Before we get into it, though, what's your relationship like with astrology?
1: I'm definitely not, I guess, into it. Um, And you've certainly gotten me much more into it, especially after the natal chart reading. I think I have a problem with horoscopes. Why? Why? Well, at least like the daily ones. Well, because I think it some on some level it becomes like self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just don't. I think it's bullshit. I don't. I don't have any other words for it. But and and I think. But it, do you read one? No, I don't
0: oh, um, intentionally because you think it's
1: right. But I think after you did my reading that first time, I was like, this is all very insightful and really hit the nail on the head. Um But now it's like. Being in New York, you can't not talk about it. Yeah. You really, like, you were so smart and ahead of the curve on, like, everything. I just, like, I was like, who is this girl that's constantly asking everyone (laughs) what their fucking sign is? And now everyone does that at every single
0: bar. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do people in particular, are they curious about it, knowing what Breadface's sign is? I don't know. I don't really, like... I don't think
1: I have much interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm
0: But yeah, it is a hot bar topic these days. Yeah. It used to just I be my of- party trick, and now it's everyone's party trick.
1: Yeah, for real. But I mean, you're, like, insanely knowledgeable about it. But, like, on top of that, I think a lot of my straight male friends who – do you ever notice that, like, straight guys, like, hate astrology? Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, Aquarius men? Yeah. Um, but now all of them have co-star and
0: they read up on it because they want to,
1: because they want to hit on girls. Oh, wow. So use it as
0: a tool to connect. That's hilarious. I think I've told you this before, but 93% of my followers are women. Oh, whoa. And then the other 7% gay men, (laughs) yeah, probably gay men, but also don't contact me at all. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, like, the silent followers who, like, won't necessarily share it. They won't oh. DM me either questions, but maybe they are following I think silently that means, along.
1: I think that means they have a crush on you.
0: No, I don't I think have so. a lot of silent followers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's My get into picks. it. Have you looked at what percent your followers are? Men versus female? It's, like, it's actually almost evenly split. There's
1: a little bit more women. Interesting. But, but there's also um the most interesting... of thing about the male following is that there's like a huge gap there's like 18 to 25 group and then mm-hmm. there's like 35 to like 45 It there's like an yeah. older
0: yeah yes following yeah paying me and okay last question before we get into it but like what do you think attracts people to your page if you could kind of put a science to it what's what's the deal
1: I just don't think it's very polarizing I guess if someone asked you if you wanted to watch like a a well a well dressed no <laughs> I don't a, a girl a stunning a, a, st- a gorgeous um, thin funny Asian girl smash her face into bread I, I don't think anyone would say no right and I don't know I think on some level it's something that everyone wants to do mm-hmm. I think that's it I think it's just like a funny impulse yeah that yeah is visual it's like visual ASMR. It's like
0: satisfying in some way. It's super fucking satisfying. You actually, for a period of time, were my party trick too. Really? Yeah, I'd be like, have you heard of Redface blog? And I'd (laughs) show them your Instagram. And unanimously, people are interested, even if they don't follow. They're like, yeah, that's interesting to learn. Yeah,
1: I think, I think a lot of people roll their eyes at it but then they'll still want to watch another one yes let's watch more (laughs) yeah
0: all right let's get into it so i always start with the rising sign when i do a reading because it's sort of like peeling the onion Mm -hmm. like let's do red face's most like outer layer and then go deeper and deeper all right so first up to bat in bread faces chart is the rising sign in case you've never heard of this before it's also called the ascendant sign in astrology and it defines your outer persona your external personality i jokingly like to call it the head of pr because it dressed you this morning it got you out of bed it gets you first dates it gets you second dates it's just everything about how you show up in the world can kind of be drawn back to the rising sign in the birth chart so in in Breadface's case specifically, we're going to see how sometimes the rising sign can be in complete opposition with the fundamental parts of who she is. So in her case, her Leah rising opposes her son in Aquarius pretty directly, and this is going to show up in many different ways. But one of the interesting things that I noticed is that um, Marilyn Monroe was a leo rising and she actually uh, had a moon in aquarius and that created an exact opposition in her birth chart and so in both Redface face and marilyn monroe's cases they may present a certain way they may even be famous for a certain thing or idea but at the same time they don't necessarily feel that way on the inside <laughs> Leah rising is something that I certainly know about you and you can literally find by looking at your Instagram. It essentially is theatrical. It's unintentionally and intentionally attention-seeking. It tends to like gravitate towards the center of the room and attract attention in ways that it doesn't mean to. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally in the family of origin – it was kind of like the ham. Mm-hmm. And so my question for you is, I've always known you as a ham, but have you been that way your entire life?
1: Um, definitely. I think early on, being one of the only Asians at any school, I I always wanted to be funny, the funny girl. Mm. Um, it was more of like a defense mechanism. And yeah, I think I feed off that energy. But it's it's funny that you say that like, this person kind of like gravitates towards the center of the room because I think it also depends on the social setting Mm -hmm. because I've noticed that when I'm in like a medium sized party or like a house party, I, I do not want to mingle with anyone. I'm on the like corners Mm -hmm. and I want to leave immediately. But if it's like a huge club setting or even a bar, I will be the first person to dance. Yes. So that's interesting. Is that... Yeah. Is that a
0: thing? Well, what well, I was... get to it later. No, we can get to it now. You're... And you and I have talked about this before, but you're... Uh, Leah rising is in complete opposition with your Aquarius sun. And so like, by the way, both Breadface and I are Aquarians. There's a part of us that absolutely despises attention. So Aquarius is way too cool to want attention. And so for you, there's like this polarity between like the outsides not completely matching the insides. For sure. And I've noticed with you in particular, it's like when... There, when someone asks you to do a joke oh, or a trick again, that's I when you won't that. do it. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. I freeze up and I immediately,
1: and I think it's kind of disgusting for people to actually follow through with that. It's like, really? You're going to tell that joke again? Right. If a stage is presented to me or if I know about it beforehand, I will freak out. I mean, you and I both have like trouble pub doing anything public, yeah. but yeah, I think I like black out if I have to do mm-hmm. any public speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't really like that attention
0: so at the same time. So your Aquarian nature is, weirdly enough, the most hidden part of your chart. Because mm. it's in what's called the – it's your, on your descendant. It's in it's descending in your chart. Whereas what's ascending, so like what's being revealed and, and more public is your Leo okay. stuff. And so, for instance, Aquarius maybe would come up with the idea for red face – uh uh-huh. but only Leo would execute it. Does that make sense? Like Oh for sure. And yeah.
1: I think I think even when it started to gain any traction, my f- my friends had to like encourage me or like pretty much make me mm. post more mm-hmm. or on a regular schedule cuz I didn't want to do it. Why? Cuz I felt like saying the idea was enough. I It see. was like basically
0: yeah, like it worked. So and how did you feel with your Leah rising and that polarity between Aquarius, like the night and the day? Because it was sort of like an overnight success when all these publications started writing about it. How did that feel to that polarity within you? Oh i I think i I think I called in sick, t- which is so
1: narcissistic. I called in sick two days, and I like didn't want to go outside. Why? I, I I don't. I actually don't remember now. I think I was. It was a combination of being freaked out. Cause it didn't feel like it was happening to me. I mean it's mm. it's really not me. But then probably also being a narcissist and I was like, oh my god, what if any what if one of three hundred people <laughs> like recognizes me? <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, it was dumb. I don't know. But was there a fear there? I I really don't know. I just felt like it was happening to someone else. I don't I don't That's really know if it was like
0: yeah. So in – And I still don't really think of like bread face as me, you know. Well, I think the concept of you remaining anonymous is fascinating to your chart because like I said, your your sun sign, which is your most – one of the most authentic parts of your chart mm-hmm. – doesn't want attention like Aquarians like I said they're just like so much more comfortable being secret geniuses behind the scenes mm.
1: uh,
0: but then there's like this other you kind of have an alternate persona both in Breadface and in your chart because your Leo rising mm-hmm. is almost disjointed
1: mm-hmm. from a
0: lot of your chart's personality so I could imagine that feeling of like it's not really happening to me it's happening to Breadface which is like yeah. my alter persona so why right. did you choose to remain anonymous? And still to this day. I think
1: it's, I think it makes it more interesting, but also I, I think that in some ways I get the best parts of fame without any of the bad. Mm. And I, I don't want it tied to me, me because I think it's a little embarrassing. (laughs) And I mean, not so much the bread facing aspect. Like I, you know, you know me, I'll like, I'll like sacrifice my body for a good joke, but um, <laughs> there's just something embarrassing about performing so much. You know, mm-hmm. like even in my stories or even me being like acting like sexy is just kind of mortifying. Mm. So yeah, I, I just don't feel
0: like it's me, me. But do you identify that it's an alter ego?
1: Yeah, uh, it's kind of it's it's kind of tough though because I, in some regards, I do think that breadface is more me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's what the ascendant sign, the rising sign is so complicated for people because since it shows up. Yeah. I mean, like. You, I
1: feel like if I had no shame, yeah. like Breadface
0: is kind of like the person I would actually be. 100%. Yeah. On the same note, but like a little bit different. If someone followed Breadface, uh-huh. like you said, it's not really me. Mm-hmm. What would someone not know about you necessarily by looking at your Instagram? Like who is the person behind Breadface? I think that Breadface comes off really like confident,
1: like hundred mm-hmm. percent all the time. Um, knows who she is, and well, I I don't want to say knows who she is, but uh, yeah, I think just unapologetically confident all the time. And I don't think I'm like that at all. And yeah, she's she likes attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that answers the
0: question. <laughs> no, it does. It does. Well, you answered who she is, and I'm assuming it's implying who you're not. Yeah, yeah. But like, when and even
1: even the clothes, like, I feel like she, I have very separate like closet areas. In fact, mm-hmm. like, Bradface is a peacock for sure, mm-hmm. and I don't really, I don't really, you know me. It's like Uniqlo
0: right, all the time. Very often what I see online or in readings or when I speak at events is this idea that it is okay to hate one sign. Very often people will come up to me and say, I hate Geminis or I hate Scorpios. And ironically, if I did a reading with them, it's usually the part of the chart that they reject the most because something that people don't totally understand if you're new to astrology is that you and your birth chart have all 12 signs within you. It may not be super visible, it may not be your sun sign, it may not be your rising sign, but it is certainly an integral part of who you are. And so in Breadface's case, we're going to see what shocks her about her chart. There was a certain sign that she was not expecting to have within her, and was very surprised considering that she's had a bit of a rough experience in quotations with people of this sign in the past. So for any of you listening, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for you to dissect the sign that you seem to have the most trouble with and look within your chart to see what house it falls into. And maybe that if there is certain planets in that sign, see how they're aspecting other planets. Because more than likely, it is a part of yourself that you haven't completely come to terms with are reconciled Mm -hmm. your sun in Aquarius you have your moon in Libra which actually we should definitely go into oh my god did you not know that no and that's funny
1: because I really dislike Libras. (laughs) (laughs) no that's not true I I it's not that I dislike I think I've because you made me aware of signs like Mm -hmm. I've noticed like oh a lot of my friends are Scorpios or like Mm -hmm. a lot of them are Virgos but a
0: lot of the ones I don't get along with mm-hmm. tend to be Libras. Yes. Yeah. And what do you find is a common theme between them, if anything? Oh, this
1: is, this sounds really terrible, but it's just my opinion. Yes. And my experience. And um, I think that a lot of the men and women Libras have like, whenever they're in a relationship, they become completely absorbed in that. And they don't like, like, I never see them or. Yes. Or they, I, yeah, they kind of like just, they're like, this is my new best friend. And it's always like their significant other. And I...
0: Don't like that. (laughs) It is so crazy to hear you say that because this is a part of your chart that I hate. (laughs) Yes, I have this theory that I say it like any of my talks where I'm like, you know, when we all generalize about a sign, because, you know, people hate Geminis and Scorpios. And like pretty much unanimously, people seem to dislike them. And I always say, if you really hate one sign, I would highly question, what do you hate in yourself? Damn. I'm going to say you kind of like literally just verbally represented a secret part of your chart. I mm. totally understand. There's a lot of stuff in your moon sign that's like not really allowing it to to exist. A, and a, first of all, moon signs are really private to begin with. Moon uh-huh. signs are your secret self. Okay. It's like, what is the most hidden part of Fuck. red face that you'd never know? <laughs> and so for you, it's actually exactly what you described. You cannot get any more partnership could not be any more important to your chart with your moon and Libra. Yeah, exactly. I think that's very true. And so I was going to ask you, like, obviously you're not, since you have this Aquarian nature, this Leo stuff that's kind of stopping this moon and Libra from fully existing Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. world. How do you compromise that tension in your chart of like, since partnership is important to you, and yet you seem to not like it when people make it their entire world? Is there tension there in your relationships?
1: Yeah, I think there's, yeah, cause I, I find that whenever I meet somebody, I, yeah, I do become like fully absorbed in them. And, you know, they do become like pretty much the front runner, best friend
0: mm-hmm. person
1: in my life. And then I guess the other signs, well, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to assume, but I feel like I fight that nature a lot by just making sure I like, Give myself space and even, Mm. even like forcing space, um, with my partner, even if I don't want it. Yes. And, and like constantly when I, when I start to fall for someone, I'm constantly pushing them away first. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, so you're bringing up another part of your chart, but that speaks to the same idea. You have Venus and Pisces, which I do too. And you and I have talked to us for this is our, the part of us that isn't, like very romantic. Oh yeah. However, sure. your Venus makes a very strong, like zero degree. Anyone who's into astrology, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, it's totally fine. Zero degrees square, which just, if it means anything to you, can't, you can't get any stronger than that. Square oh, okay. to your Uranus and Saturn in the fifth house. Okay. And all you need to know about that is it the Uranus square in particular means I w- the Venus for anyone it means I want I'm trying love i not to laugh every time you see Uranus I know it's so stupid <laughs> you can make as many Uranus jokes as you want to during this I don't have any good ones yeah. <laughs> anyways Venus is a part of us that wants love and it wants connection uh-huh. when someone has a really strong square to, your, to Uranus uh-huh. it basically just means uh I'm constantly disrupting my love life I'm constantly like you to put use your words I'm pushing people away even when I don't even necessarily want that right and I'm constantly and for you maybe constantly asking for change even when like let's say things are super mellow in your relationships oh god your chart might be like let's fuck shit up now you know what i mean without yeah
1: yeah i think i think the thing i say the most to my partners is i'm bored yeah and they and then it's over time become like a very triggering for them because they're like fuck i gotta do something like we gotta go on a date we gotta go yeah we gotta Go, gotta find a new thing
0: I I I think that's so true what does boredom mean for like why
1: well I've always hated any sort of routine feeling mm-hmm. and I always want to feel like I'm dating the partner that mm-hmm. I'm with so any sort of plateauing in behavior or like like stuff we do or like I don't I don't I can't articulate that well
0: but is it like threatening to you when things feel boring? Like, did you question, are we still in love? Or? Yep. Yeah, okay. That's immediately so where you I question go. if or it's real or if it's working, if it's working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since your son, okay. So you have an interesting chart where you have, what's called a, a mirror chart. And so with your Leo, we're going back to that Leo opposition sun. your son sign, which is your Aquarius nature actually resides in the seventh house of partnership. And so this is the chart of someone where they discover hidden parts of their nature through the people that they fall in love with and especially in particular long-term partnership. Mm. I'm curious do you have any themes around the people that you've had long relationships with? I need like
1: I need to feel like I can do whatever I want whenever I want to. <laughs> and and so like being open is one way I've done that Mm -hmm. and being in an open relationship. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also I don't like, I feel like we're, we have to just be open with and honest about everything. Like even, even if I like, even if he like sees a cute girl and he's like, I kind of like want to go on a date. Like he, he has to be able to be someone that can say that to me. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess other things I've discovered is that I really, yeah, I really like space and independence, and I don't like feeling tied down at all.
0: Everyone has some type of wounding in their birth chart. One of the best places to look for that is in the Chiron sign, and in the house that Chiron falls in, and also, of course, how it aspects other planets. In Breadface's case, we're going to see how there is a huge wounding around belonging and that feeling of being a little bit alien when it comes to groups, friendships, or just fitting in in general. And very often with Chiron, we see a huge history around it. Um, from ages that are super young but we can also see the ways that it still to this day plays out in our adult lives. That's one of the many reasons why looking at Chiron with a client can be so healing and important is it just gives them some awareness and acknowledges yes that was super painful, yes that was super real and here is your path towards moving forward.
1: My family moved around every five years so no matter what if i if i came home from college or um or after it was it was always just like strangers but also yeah we i think i mostly was always the only asian girl or Mm -hmm. like one of two or three Mm -hmm. and yeah at at first i i always wanted to be popular Mm. like my at least in middle school that was like my focus i was like okay new school i want to be popular i want to belong in this group and then once i got in i like fucking hated it or i was rejected Mm. which was scarring yeah yeah did you ever
0: experience bullying
1: um (sighs) or like it's it's i yeah i want to say yeah but it's also like when i hear about bullying now i'm like fuck i wouldn't i was not bullied yeah um But yeah, there was this one time that all the girls that I had been hanging out with, they signed a note that said, we don't like you. Mm. We don't want to hang out with you. And they all signed it. Yeah, middle schoolers, man. Oh my fucking god. That fucked me up. But then I immediately just made a new group of
0: friends and acted like it didn't bother me, but it yeah. really fucked me up. Oh my God. I think that would fuck anyone yeah. up. But anyways, the reason why I bring it up with you is like, so it's Chiron and Gemini in particular, which actually just means the your path towards healing. By the way, if, you, if people don't know what Chiron is, it's, the wounded healer in astrology. So it explains where a lot of heartbreak was born in your chart, but inevitably the sign itself can explain how you begin to heal that. Mm-hmm. Gemini is the writer. So I'm just curious. I know you're a writer now, but have you always been a writer? Like, have you always had some sort of creative outlet that used words? Yeah, I I think I, at first I like to
1: draw and sing, but then mm-hmm. over time I, yeah, I, I started to write more and more in middle school, but I was never good at it mm-hmm. but like i was better at math and were you like the type of person mm-hmm. to like keep a diary oh yeah I, I still have a lot of my diaries never read your fucking diaries <laughs> it's really embarrassing have you read them as an adult yeah they're really <gasps> disgusting because <laughs> i don't know what i think like tv shows taught us to do this at the time but Did you always like, did you have one diary Uh, or journal?
0: I could never keep it up, but yeah, yeah, I had one technically.
1: But the thing was like, the fashionable thing was to be like, dear diary, how are you? It's been a long time. LOL. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) as if, as if you were talking to a person.
0: Did you do that?
1: Oh yeah. Every (laughs) single time. It sucked to read because I always thought of myself as like a, sensitive creative right
0: little girl and I was like
1: school sucks (laughs) mom's mad
0: were there any pearls of wisdom in there though like were there any things where you're like damn I was a pretty introspective middle schooler no when I think when I look back on it it sounds just
1: like a hormonal Mm -hmm. teenage girl well I hated everyone I hated all my friends secretly so maybe that's thing. (laughs) Is that true? I know you're kidding, but is that at all true? No, it is true. I don't think I learned until like after. Well, no, I I think I feel like I understood what friendship was in college, and I was like, oh yeah, these are people that I shouldn't secretly hate or like the, that aren't mean to me all the time. Like I, I think I had a lot of frenemies growing up. Really? Yeah, totally. So it and, I, your and view it was both ways too. I wasn't always I wasn't always the nicest, you know. Like yeah. I was. I remember like bullying a girl in high school, very subtly, like, um, because I was very jealous of her, you know, it just go, it was just like a chain. Yeah, Yeah. And I think I hate, I hate to say it, but like a lot of female friendships early on, you just, you don't realize that like you, you're supposed to enjoy each other. I
0: know. Yeah. You're not supposed to like, make little jabs at each other all the time. I know I read, I read a book called the female brain and Mm -hmm. it talks about all the different stages of development and our hormones and how they affect us. And like, there is this, especially when we hit puberty, there actually is literally a hormone that we begin producing that makes us
1: competitive
0: competitive
1: yeah really? and
0: that feeling of like she's hotter than i am i gotta take her down you yeah know? and it's kind of so listening to that made me be like okay like it's just clearly part of a developmental stage yeah that we all need to outgrow yeah for sure okay um <laughs> Not so side so you have this wounding around belonging, and then you also have this Aquarian nature. Like, what you and I have in common in any Aquarians we know is, like, we always feel like outsiders. We're kind of born to feel that way. Yeah. But then you have this moon in Libra that likes one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious, like, do you tend to gravitate towards one-on-one friendships and move away towards, like, having this posse or this group of friends? Yeah. I think
1: I've always had one or two really good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when we're in, like, social settings, I... Yeah, it's very much, like, a Daria and Jane situation. I, I just, like, don't want to mingle.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, let's say you're in a group setting, would you just stick with your best friend and kind of crack jokes with each other?
1: Yeah. Do, do you tend to do
0: that? Yes, I think I want to do that, but then I have this other part of me that's people-pleasing and wants to make sure everyone feels okay. Oh,
1: yeah. But then I I, I used to do that a lot, and then I I think... It ended up biting me in the ass because I'm very flaky. Mm. Is that in our (laughs) sign? Yeah. Or I think a lot of people tend to think that I'm closer friends with them than I, than
0: I feel like I am. Yeah. It's, it's is that, I think that's your Venus squaring Uranus again. So it's what we talked about in your partnerships of always wanting freedom and like to disrupt. Uh It also shows up in any intimate relationship. It's like I pull people close because that's how I love because uh-huh. your Venus is in Pisces. And at the same time, it's like, but the moment that you get too close and too clingy, that's the moment that I'm going to be like super oh, yeah. unreliable. Yeah. But I think that that's true. And also, yes, that's, that's a little bit Aquarian. So this astrologer told me, which I thought was accurate, we're like the friendliest robots in the universe. Oh, yeah. So we do like humans and yet we despise them at the same time.
1: Yeah, because I don't want to need humans. <laughs>
0: There are many factors in the chart that define someone's career the sun sign comes to mind i mean the moon sign even comes to mind when it comes to personal motivation intrinsic motivation but i think if there is one focal point if there is one thing that i could generalize i would say it's actually the midheaven and this is the highest point in the sky at the moment that you were born so it can define your career reputation sort of what you what your what is your work persona and in Breadface's case, hers being in Taurus is in an interesting conflict with both her Leo rising and her Aquarius Sun. So for some people They may be famous for something, or they may have this cool cult following, but it's not necessarily what they do with their career. So we're going to see how Breadface's personal career might actually be different than the Instagram account itself, and the factors that play into that, and in her case, it might be the relationship that she has with her mom and with her parents in general. Your mom's a Taurus. I remember that, right? Yeah. Your mom, in a way, shows up here. Mm. Your midheaven is in Taurus. The midheaven is the highest point in the sky at the moment that you were born. So it sort of explains your career, your purpose, like what you're here to do. That part of you, Taurus, rules finances. And so this is a part of you that might be weirdly conservative when you're making career decisions just to make sure you can have a nice amount of money, make sure that you live in a comfortable way. Uh How do you separate your creative life versus potentially the part of your career that fulfills this part of your chart?
1: I think that's the main reason why I've never really gone after making Breadface Blog, my main source of income. Um, because that's literally my creative outlet. And actually the few times that I've tried to monetize it, it made me incredibly unhappy because I was just like tainting this thing that I had created for just joy and for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I am, yeah, a lot of people are like, why are you still like writing for Mm -hmm. these idiots? And I'm like, "I, I I just can't. It's really it would be really scary for me to not have enough money. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So it's your secret
0: stable boring, side. yeah, 9 to 5 side, yeah. 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 Cuz I noticed that in you too. Like I remember when when we met before you launched Breadface. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this interesting side to that was like you like told me about your career progression and I was like, "Wow, that sounds like a very logical side of her." You know what I mean? Oh, like where where I've worked and stuff. Yeah, like just in the sense that it was like responsible. It like made
1: you know because you have this. Because I think all I ever wanted to be when I was younger, and this is this is horrible because I aimed very low. Was I just wanted to be financially independent? I love um, that from my parents. And then once I hit that, I was like, yeah, I can kind of relax. And why did you want that for freedom purposes? Yeah, yeah, they were very. um, I mean, that was their only like hold on me after a while, you know. And they were, they were classically like overbearing I I love them
0: now, but yeah. I was going to ask you, you do have Pluto in the fourth. I'm curious, like what, what, um, it essentially just means like, it can kind of feel like a loss of power in childhood. So Pluto
1: god, really it's so, I mean, I was like not even allowed to wear stuff that I wanted to. And I feel like a lot of my mm. adulthood now is buying clothes that I couldn't when I was in fascinating middle school which is why i wear a lot of shitty like y2k i love that like
0: guests and bongo and uh, yeah and what was their ultimate goal like what was the style of parenting were they trying to make sure that you were if you could put yourself in their shoes
1: i i don't really i don't really know i think that they're both really just controlling people mm. um well and they just think they know what's best for me mm-hmm. um I mean, in retrospect, I am kind of thankful because I never had embarrassing pictures of myself. Cause I was always <laughs> in gap. Cause my mom only let me show up at the gap. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that they're just classic control freaks. Yeah. I, I don't really. And what's uh, your relationship
0: like with them today?
1: I think I see them now as people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're really, we're really close. We're really close in the sense that I can scream at my mother
0: and then just like, go back to normal. go go shopping or mm-hmm. something yeah what's your because aquarians tend to always be different than the family like what was your role in your nuclear family I guess the rebellious one like if
1: my brother and I did the same shit but he never got caught and I always got caught mm. um and I think the my hobbies always gravitated towards more creative things and he was he was more
0: of the academic. Mm Yeah. And did your, I'm assuming your parents preferred the academic route? Yeah, I actually don't. I mean, I
1: think when it came down to college, they wanted me to go a more, yeah, academic route. But I think, I'm not really sure. Cause we, you know what? We both were, we both got good grades. Mm -hmm. And I think in the end they were like, she's a girl. She's going to just get married and have some kids. (laughs) And she's like cute enough. It's fine.
0: This is my last question about your family because it's just interesting to me what do they think about Breadface? um they
1: were initially really embarrassed mm-hmm. and now I think as soon as I the first time I ever made money off of it they were immediately both like, well that's that probably comes from me like separately they were like my dad's like, I've always had a knack for marketing <laughs> and my mom is always like, well, you know I'm always I went to art school so yeah. <laughs> They so suddenly, immediately took credit. Yeah. yeah. Like they suddenly, <laughs> yeah. And even, but I think now they, um, I think they kind of understand that it, some people find it like kinky. Mm. And so they, they told me the other day that they don't look, look at it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, my mom went to the S- now. Yeah, yeah. Seattle art fair and she had to watch me like bread face for a bunch of people and she said she only watched it once.
0: The place that I like to end with most clients is the North Node. It defines sort of future life dharma, who are they meant to become. I find it really motivating and can be inspiring for the client for just sort of, okay, we talked about who you are, but where are you headed? So in Breadface's case, we're going to see how her south node in Virgo wanted control and perfectionism, and her north node in Pisces, which is the woman that she's meant to become, desires empathy and connection and releasing fears and just accepting things as they come Um, we're going to apply this to the fact that she has experimented with microdosing mushrooms and just in general has learned to relax and then we're going to have her answer that very daunting question of what were you here for? What were you made for? What do you believe your chart was uniquely set up to do? It's a daunting question, but I think her answer is pretty spot on for her chart.
1: I think that I've seen over time that things either just work out. Like I've seen actually, I've had pretty good karma and I've actually seen that come into play mm. a lot. And on top of that, I feel like life is more or less the same all the time. So I've become, I've, I've let go of like trying to feel satisfied all the time, which is like so depressing to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about if you feel comfortable microdosing? Yes. I started microdosing. Well, actually I had, I had a really bad winter. And I don't want to say it was depression because I'm not, I wasn't clinically di- mm-hmm. diagnosed or anything. I was very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I decided to try microdosing acid. And I think that was the moment I really did let go of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and you- I, and I kind of regularly do it to reset myself and kind of just recreationally for fun now. But what are you trying to let go of? If you can even attempt to put it into words. I mean, it's kind of, it's lame to say, but I guess it is just trying to control things, especially control my feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a huge, like I always tried to control how I felt and now I just feel my feelings and then I let them go. Mm -hmm. Microdosing, well, the first time definitely helped me. I think it just really reset me and I could, I could see why I was the way I was and um, accepted it.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typical acid story. (laughs) Yeah, 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 but I do think the microdosing in particular is interesting. Oh, like taking that versus like yeah, going to therapy or or versus like doing drugs on a bigger level you know what I mean as a as a means so to me it's more like doing drugs not microdosing is more like escapism versus Mm. it sounds like you're using microdosing as a therapeutic method as something to like kind of get to know yourself or like open up a little bit more space within yourself
1: yeah and that's pretty much how I use it now
0: or any drug Mm -hmm. yeah my last and final question—you can answer this however the fuck you want. The whole point of this podcast is the idea of we were like made for something. What, if anything, do you think you were put here to do, or what were you made for? What was
1: I made for? I don't know. I just really don't. I'm I'm not very ambitious. I think that I just want to be happy, mm-hmm. and that's that's been a more recent thing. I've never wanted to be rich.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I just um I just want to be comfortable.
0: But like, what do you think you were made for, for other people? What do you give the world, so to speak? I know it sounds super cheesy.
1: I mean, I would like to feel like an escape mm. in some way. Like whenever I hang out with someone, I hope they like forget about their shitty life. Mm-hmm. And even through the Instagram, like mm-hmm. that's what I want it to be. I just want people to realize that life is stupid and mm-hmm. pointless, but that doesn't mean it has doesn't, things don't need to be enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. I love that.
0: she's sweating she's full body sweat right now all right i'm just gonna say thank you so much for coming thank you nadine (laughs) thanks so much for listening to what time was i born if you want to find me online in the interwebs and the crazy instagram world you can find me at nadine jane underscore astrology or on my website www.nadinejaneastrology.com